0: Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vole, site manager, emperor, supreme warlord, and defender of the faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again, my senior editor, Jude Seymour, and the chief inspector, Brendan Mcalinden, Fellas,
1: 8-0. Feels so nice. Just waiting for John Clay uh, the fourth to uh, catch up with the rest of the world and realize that Notre Dame beat Clemson eight days ago.
0: Was that a horse joke? <laughs>
1: He's behind in the pack,
2: let's put it that way I just don't know what it's like to watch a football team that loses anymore Between watching the, 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 Steelers, the Steelers and watching Notre Dame I just yeah. don't know what it's like, I don't know what losing is like You uh, And I'm, you, I'm okay you, with that you Do you ever pay at attention to, you?
0: your, to your high school team? There, to your uh, alma from high school? No, no, absolutely not <laughs> What about
2: uh, Central? Oh, Central Michigan is the best team in the state of Michigan. By the way,
0: uh, they're two and See, zero. I, I have some. I, I have some good uh, bitter tears uh, because of EMU this year. My God,
2: <sighs> Jim McElwain's up there humping every land shark he can find up in the, <laughs> in the plains of Mount Pleasant. Uh, Jeff, yeah, you played yeah. a long
1: con here, trying to get Chris Creighton another year at uh, EMU, EMU, or what's the deal it's here?
0: Ch- well, yes, it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny you mentioned that because that was exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm fine with that because if EMU was winning right now, I could see South Carolina come hollering, come hollering at him right now, maybe to be like, oh, this is the smart hire, and it would be. Um, but uh, the the losses is now are going to keep people away, which is fine because it's all about program building, continuing to build, uh, build that program in Ypsilanti. That's right. You have, sometimes you have to lose to win. Wait, well, You, no. you, you got to in the Mac, you have to keep things in place. Things are, it's so fluid in that conference. Like coaches change all, all the fucking time. And so the best programs are the ones that have been able to be the most steady and, and also whoever gets like the best quarterback, <laughs> it's like s- straight up who's the best quarterback and who can who can keep their coaching staff there for more than a couple of years uh, is is how that usually works. And so if you want to lose a couple games that, you know, he's in no danger of Eastern firing him. Uh, yeah. But if you want to keep everybody else away, that's fine. Continue to build a program, put a b- better foundation there. Maybe some alums will drop some coin uh down to to kinda you know, help the program out a little bit. Uh I doubt it. Cheap skates, commuter school. Uh but you know. You never know. So th- I, that 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 uh, that's the only thing I'm banking on. <laughs> Right
1: now, <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the worst. It's not the worst thing in the world, you know. I I think the fewer coaching opportunities that open up in the pandemic year, the more likely we are to keep Clark Lee for at least one more season. So I mean, I'm all Mike in Glass
0: favor. Mike Glass did the one thing that we all wish we could do this year, and that's deck a ref. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, oh man. In fact, I'm, I'm not sure if, that's uh, if I'm an refs? Oregon
2: State fan. Well, if I'm an Oregon State fan, I'm ready to go to fisticuffs with that whole conference on that fourth down spot. That was absolutely atrocious this weekend. And then the Pac-12 comes out today. It was a yard and a half? It was was almost two full yards. (laughs) It it was one of the most egregious things that I've ever seen since, what was it? It was like uh, an Oklahoma-Oregon game a few years back. I'm like, that they, I don't know, it's probably a decade at this point. They just complete. It was I don't I don't know what Pac-12 refs are doing, um, but they just are continuously the worst.
0: Are they worse than ACC refs? Because I'm t- this year is just like a uh, has been incredible uh, with Notre Dame and ACC refs. I mean, not just I'm trying to figure out. It's not just bad calls. It's like it's the constant reviews. It's a little yeah. bit of everything. You know, it's. It's just so bad. Yeah. Like, I it's am, so I it's am legit, legit trying
1: to figure out what Bo Bauer did on that play that Kyle Hamilton had the interception that I was negated. I've still
0: try to explain that they just they just called the wrong number on that one. Like there okay. was a face mess. We're gonna get into all, we're gonna get into all that stuff because uh, there's a part of that that I really want to dive into. Uh, but before we get all there, uh, we got some podcast business to get through, uh, and that's everybody's review. So I, I got a couple of them tonight. Uh, once again, leave a rating, leave a review, go on over to Apple Podcasts, leave those bad boys. Uh, we'll take a two, three, or four star if, if you're trying to be honest. But, uh, Brendan, what, what, are, what, what are we asking the good people for?
2: We want those five star, earned five stars. Earned. Uh, Julian five star. Love five stars.
0: Absolutely. Jeremiah Avery, Wusu Avery Davis. Avery Davis, Avery Davis, Davis five stars. Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa five stars. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, so do that, and you leave a review. I'm gonna I'm gonna read what you uh, what you got down there. So got a couple of them tonight. Let's get through this. First one here: five stars from Two Duder Beat, the source. Been a listener for longer than I can remember, and I can say that the OFT podcast is the source for Notre Dame football. This is the only place I turn to for all of my ND football news. The reporting is not only concise, but it's very candid. I've known Josh for about thirty years, and I can say that his lifelong passion for Notre Day football certainly spills over into his podcast and the website. Keep up the great work and go Irish! Thank you, Scroton. This is it's a guy I grew up with. Guy that uh, he's a heckler. Uh, I I I, I, first met him when, I first met I first met Scrot while he was heckling me uh, when I was playing center field in Little League.
1: Uh, let's put it that way. Is Scroton just a, a a fancy way of saying scrotum?
0: Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, uh, Scrotiosis, uh, the scrot, the scrot master. Uh master. God, that's Hicksville is a is a land of many nicknames. Uh, everyone has one. Uh, some of them aren't good. A lot of them are not politically correct. Uh, but it's just what we are. Uh, everyone has it, and scrot has owned his. For a long time, uh, <laughs> all right. I must say, good. good to know you are. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh, next one, five stars from Santa Claus ninety two. Yo, love the content. Makes driving east on two ninety at eight a.m. way more bearable. The trifecta that is Joshua, Jude, and Brenda makes me want to shake down the thunder during my morning commute. Equally great ND football facts backed by a sense of. Happy Madison, adjacent humor, awesome and classy insight to our opposition as well as tearing off talking heads. Love it, go Irish! Well, thank you there, Santa Claus ninety two. <laughs> that, that felt worried. scarily accurate. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, even today, I mean, to day, I mean <laughs> like I've, I i do not know, I guess I've kind of had it with everybody's, uh, everybody's takes. Lately. So much so that, that I was accused the, the, just last night, um, that being unhappy. Like someone asked me if, if, if if I was okay, Uh, because we're winning and they're like, man, you seem very angry. I'm like, no, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm good. Uh, but, uh, Definitely. I, don't
1: know. I think I, th- I mean, we'll talk about it, I'm sure. But I, w- I think all of us were a little fired up by the the one quarter's worth of Phil Dracovic uh, narr- narration by Sean McDonough on the broadcast on Saturday. So
2: wait, was that was yeah. that just a quarter?
1: Well, he, the whole first quarter up until about the time Notre Dame scored uh, w- was it. And then they they they've tried to revisit it in the fourth quarter, if I recall correctly. Uh, it, you know,
2: it's just a little. Me. It seemingly much. was non non-stop with constant fill. I mean, I think it was maybe Bridget update.
1: go Irish on, on a Twitter who said, if you drink every time that they say former teammate, you will be dead. You know, it just, uh, they were really playing up They, you know, and, and it, and look, I got, I caught a little flack from, from Darren Pritchett, who's those sports be done, uh, in South Bend there about, you know, Hey, the casual viewer doesn't know what, you know, and, you know this is this is a, a a story that needs to be told, and and I agree with him to a point. It is a story that I think is worth mentioning. Um, but I think the when the nerd aim was driving for the touchdown and they wouldn't shut up about it, that's when I sort of was like, okay, at some point the 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 story in front of you has to be more important than the than this story that you're trying no, to tell no, not, to fill not, the time.
0: No, no, not not on Saturday. Absolutely wasn't. And that's what i was, I guess that was my that's where my venom came from. I mean, number one, we, and and I explained this in one of the comments is like, you are not uh, like many of you are not in the position. None of you are in the position I'm in, uh, where I, I get it. I get the fire from all different angles, all different, you you know, you can just hibernate on the site or you can just hibernate on Twitter or, or, whatever. I got all this shit coming in from all over the map. Plus emails, hate mails, whatever. uh, and the whole, that whole book, uh, Dracovic narrative, you know, narrative throughout the last eight months has just been dumb as fuck. It's, it's been absolutely absurd. Uh, and so really going into this game, I, I don't know, Brendan did, did, I didn't even seem like I, I gave, I I put too much into that, like in our preview, you know, and throughout the weekend, but it was like that, yeah, that first half hour, Jude of, it was just nonstop in your face. And the fact was, is, and here's the, here's, here's the real thing. And for any of those saying, well, you know, you can't, you know, you can't uh, get on a kid, blah, blah, blah. Look, he made the absolute best decision for him. That's fantastic. I, I have no problem with that. I've always defended that for any of them. But the only issue is, dude, when ESPN is talking to you, you're talking about screenshots of texts and playing yep. angry. And, like, like, you know, you didn't get your fair shot and all the shit. You were not going to start, period, this year. You were not going to beat up B.O.K. That was it. That that was it. But the fact that the whole broadcast was made up, this is where we were going. I mean, they made such a big deal out of that. Once the game was, oh, you know, pretty much in the bag, then they start talking about <laughs> 93. Uh, you know, 1992, 93, let's yeah. lay the fourth quarter. Like, why is it, why just because you have a package made in your TV production, uh, you don't have to use it. It's there to use, uh, if you need it, which a lot of times you'll need it. You did not need to put that out there. That was just, it's just, a it was a dumb watch. It was one of the worst broadcasts I have, I've seen in a long time. I was mean, just bad. Yeah. There were so many, there were so many penalties, there are so many different plays where instead of seeing a different angle uh, or, you know, trying to find out what happened, it's just Phil's
1: mad. Well, I, I think uh, Je- I think Jessica Smetana was pointing this out on Twitter, and, and I think a lot of us said the same exact thing, but she's kind of been banging this drum. Like a BC player got kicked out of a game for bumping an official, and we literally never saw it. Nope, and, nope. and, and, and we never saw Sibos taunting penalty. The 15 yards. I don't know that we saw, I don't remember seeing Dalen Hayes. Maybe, maybe it was seen or whatever, but it was just like, there were so many crucial yeah, yeah. moments that were just flat out missed and there was no like, you know, Hey, can I get a replay on that? Um, you know, it, it just, it, it, the, the whole thing was just very odd. And I agree with you about the whole, like, it's the fourth quarter. This game is out of hand. Let's replay 1993. Like that has any relevance of what's going on in, in today's game or whatever. Look, the game's 35 31 or whatever. Yeah. Pull that package out. But like it, you know, it wasn't, the game wasn't close. Um, 45 23. Yeah. And I mean, the, the other the thing packet. I want to mention is I, I objected to, and I, I don't want to be this dead horse cause I really don't feel like this podcast should be about Phil Dracovic, but like, I really no. objected to the idea that somehow Phil was the victim in this, and this was a one-sided thing or whatever. They literally did not. Uh, I, if I maybe I forgot, but they I don't believe they showed the picture of Phil Dracovic that he posted on Instagram of himself locked up with Brian Kelly, like in front of like a like a jailer, jailer. or
0: whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's just just to make like, sure that that's clear, though, that he didn't make that picture. That was, I think the he the just retweeted it Bar-o. he disseminated yes, the, that picture he disseminated yes. that picture which means he now, endorsed
1: that picture
0: yes yeah. it was bc's if you're,
1: it was bc's if you're gonna, version of me that made it if you're going to put up circle yeah. got smaller <laughs> if you're going to put up circle got smaller as a graphic on the screen you got to put up that that's what i'm just saying so like I, unless unless i missed it like they they weren't really telling both sides of that and and, and the last point i would make is look if if Jakovic didn't believe he got a shot who denied him that shot? Was it Chip Long? Chip Long's gone it's now. Ian was it denied him that was it Was it Tommy Reese? Like, you know, like who who does he believe denied him that shot? I, I just like you know, and 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 I think you and I both talked about this today in, in the the conversation, the the group conversation that we have. Carter Carl's on the on the the pot of gold uh, post game with the, with Tom Noise. You know, said that Notre Dame should have done more to to keep Filipovic. And I I, I honestly don't know how that actually could work because Phil Dracovic was, was looking to be in a situation where he could start. And I think our friend Greg said it the best. Um, And and it's to basically look, he made the same calculation we all made, which was that Brandon Woodbush was going to be, you know, the, the the multi-year starter or whatever. Ian book was going to be the, the guy who played the garbage time, but was really never much of anything, sort of like a, maybe like an, Andrew Hendricks and sort of like the footnote of Notre Dame quarterbacks in the Kelly era and Djokovic was going to take over that, that did obviously did not happen. So there was a miscalculation on Phil Djokovic's part that, that none of us could have ever seen coming, including Phil Djokovic. So, you know, this idea that, you know, he, he didn't get his shot or whatever. Like, I, I just like, I'm not sure what he thinks what he thinks oh, no. he was was going to happen because this, as Josh has pointed out several times, you're not going to supplant the guy who's 28 and three as a starter when you literally can't hit the broadside of a barn, um, you know, on one of every, you know, three passes or whatever. And there's so much about this game that Phil Dracovic played that was like, it was like, no, 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 no. Yes. You know, like if I was a BC fan, I would be incredibly frustrated by the way this guy throws footballs because – there's some plays that look so brilliant. Um, and there was a play at the beginning of the second quarter where he literally evaded two defenders and on the run hit a dude. I don't know, 18 to 22 yards down down the field well you know, kind of throwing on the run or whatever, which was a great pass. So, too, was the pass that got negated by the Bobby, um, the bobble uh, ball. It was a touchdown throw that the guy bobbled it. And, and later, Kyle Hamilton got called for holding. And then he threw an absolute duck one play later to Zay Flowers um, that honestly, if Nick McLeod, it keeps his feet is probably a, is a different, um, you know, different story or whatever. So, like, it just I just don't see how you could look at that performance and say to yourself, that guy was going to play more significant reps than Ian Book, who's who's playing lights out right now.
0: But the them, the bigger argument from them is that you're is like somehow you're able to – you're supposed to be able to talk them into staying because now you have a Justin Fields situation on your hands. When it's just number one, that's probably not the case. And even if it is, what the hell are you supposed to do? Throw away a season? Notre Dame is a legit number two team in the country right now. They have a legit chance to win a national championship. Fucking legit chance. It, how was How does that go down – if you're, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how you would keep Phil. There's no way to keep him. I, well, I, it just, I, and I it just, it's it not, makes,
2: it's, but here's the thing: is it's not a Justin Fields scenario. This is a Felipe Franks scenario. This is not Justin Fields. This is Felipe Franks, who was the quarterback at Florida, who ended up having to transfer out. Like Phil was never going to beat out Ian Book. We see Ian Book playing at this point in time a transcendent level of football. Uh, as the Notre Dame quarterback, he had the day he was a 75% completion. He accounted for 368 yards of total offense. He was almost perfect in the red zone, other than taking a kneel at the end of the game and the very first drive, he was six for six. Otherwise, including three touchdowns to Benny Sko. I mean, Ian books the story here and the fact that we're spending time talking about Phil Jakovic. The phrase is hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. It's not Phil because he played like shit. We're spending all this time talking about a quarterback who passed for 45% in the game. He had five straight incompletions after that first drive that Sean McDonough was basically creaming his jeans about. He was four for 12 the rest of the half and going into the fourth quarter before Notre Dame rolled in their backups, he was 13 for 31. He was hitting a 40% completion rate. And there were plays like that long play to Gill where it was just a broken play. And I don't know where McLeod is at his heads in the clouds. I, I don't know what's going on, but Phil was definitely bailed out. Uh, he should have been sacked by, um, Dalen, uh, he had two, pit, he had a pick six dropped by Kyle. I mean, he played like a trash quarterback and they racked up some points against the Notre Dame defense and granted Notre Dame gave him some points with some, some goofy fumbles, but Phil played like trash. He was a 45% completion and he was skipping passes. Like it was the start of the, the, the Andy Griffiths theme song and he was skipping stones in some Creek. Like, I don't know why we're spending time talking about Phil when the story here is Ian Book comes out and throws for 75% and plays maybe the best game of his entire season and the best game he's played probably since Stanford 2018. I mean, Ian Book is putting himself into the Heisman conversation. I don't think that
0: he can win it, but if he beats Clemson, but but people are saying it like other people are saying it and they should, other people are saying he's part of the conversation. I, I think we're all in agreement that it's that's a tough road but just being in that conversation right now that's a thing like it's one thing to like talk about the Notre Dame quarterback in the Heisman conversation in August but being in 8 games into the season it's a totally different thing
1: well they were talking about it with in the post game show with the Michaelsby and and Mike Singer over at Blue and Gold about the fact that if you have the number 1 team and you're the quarterback of the number one team, like that's almost like a, f- a fast path to that to the Heisman ceremony. But it's interesting because I listened to a of national broadcast today, and there was some Heisman discussion. It was like Kyle Trask, it, like I mean, names that you've 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 heard regurgitated right. or whatever. Yeah, but Ian Book has just literally not ever been talked about. It's it, it just it's not something that is on anybody's radar, and it just it's interesting to me that. You know, if Alabama falters, Notre Dame will be number one, and it's at some point they have to acknowledge the number one team, don't they? And the and the quarterback a, of the number one team was playing. I'm going like to tell you Alabama, right now. Don't
0: they? I'm going to tell you right now. The first rankings that come out from the college football playoff rankings do not be shot. I don't care what Bama does. Uh, Who are they got? They got. uh, Oh, not Vanderbilt. Uh, uh Well, they beaten Texas A and M. Have they beaten Georgia? The LSU so was postponed. There, there's a, that's gone. Who that, next,
2: that
0: game's gone. Right? I can't remember who their next game is, but it's not a scary game uh, by any stretch of imagination. At any rate, it doesn't matter if Alabama wins. I, would you look when they go to the college football playoff committee? I would not be shocked, and in fact, I'm kind of expecting them to have Notre Dame number one. They have the best win period on on there. Yes. Period. And right. And the, the college football playoff committee does not exactly mirror, it has never mirrored what the AP and uh, coaches pulled us. They mirror the playoff polls after those come out. Like all of a sudden their minds change, which is like, it's the dumbest fucking thing a lot. Like nobody wants to be wrong about something. I, I don't know, but I would not be shocked at all. And again, I'm almost expecting it for Notre Dame to be number one when the playoff rankings come out, given their resume. I had I'm gonna have to look who Alabama's got next. It's it's not a it's, tough they game. Got Kentucky. Kentucky,
2: they have Kentucky, Kentucky,
0: Auburn, and Arkansas down yes. the stretch. And all of those are and, very winnable games.
1: Auburn's you know, to be honest with you though, I mean it it, it, it you know, Notre Dame's got the best win, but Alabama's got two quality wins over Texas, yep. AM, and Georgia. So oh, I, no, the, look, I'm not I'm not gonna be surprised if they're number one. And frankly, I don't care because this stuff sorts itself out anyways.
0: But it's oh just, for sure. I'm just know, I'm just saying you're talking about the number one team and highs and all that like Notre Dame's right there. Like I, I you know, there's it, a wide scope in those polls right now. It won't be, I don't believe it'll be as much in the play, you know, in the playoff committee's mind. And then when you're talking about the quarterback, here's Ian book. And look, I, I think all three of us in agreement, he's not going to win it unless he no. goes on some. No God, no. Re- I mean, it would have to be a, a, what, what we got left Four more games, three more games. Well, four so more games. North Carolina,
2: the... They have North Carolina, Syracuse, four, Forest, have, and then the championship.
0: But the, but the Heisman Trophy got pushed back into January, right? Right. Which means no, so you the still, Heisman Trophy so finished the the voting
2: finishes after. After the first uh, round of the playoffs, right? Yeah. Uh, no, the voting finishes like on December uh, 24th 20. or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so you have before the, the champ- conference championship. So you have Ian Book has four games. And he has to have four games that mirror what he did against BC, if not better to get it to really have a puncher's chance. To, he's to going
2: the- to be going up against three of the worst passing defenses that he'll see all year.
0: I mean, North Carolina
2: has given up 44 plus points three times this year, 45 to Vatek, 44 to Virginia, 53 to wake. Then he's going up against wake who's given up 14 touchdowns to the two North Carolina schools. <laughs> so, And then, I don't know, the last uh, scholarship member of the Syracuse secondary uh, who leaves the building needs to turn the light off because their players just don't want to play. Um, they, you know, uh, Thong Song's gone. Andre Sisco, he left. So, I don't I mean, know, man. Jim Beheim ba- Jim just announced beat, today he's plus, got COVID. Plus, so. books got those...
0: Plus, books got those dual threat, yeah, yeah, you know, you know yards. He's a runner. Ellie, yeah. he's a a runner, <laughs> and he was yeah. the leading rusher on Saturday, had a rushing touchdown. Uh, and it's stuff that he's been doing all season long, anyways. I mean, he's been getting—I don't know what his average per game is. I don't know why. I don't know how the season stats pulled up. This is a kind of a bye week podcast, but anyway, but he's been—he's been getting. I mean, he's a—he's a threat on his feet. He has been all season long. Um, it just so happens that this year, as opposed to last year, uh, we have <laughs> running backs other than Ian Book Kyrie, that are getting us yards. Uh, so let's 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 pivot back to to B.C. a little bit. Um, it, it, the running game was a little was a little different look, uh, just in a sense of Kyra Williams's got only had nine carries. They it, it only got 37 yards out of those nine carries uh, and then they shut him down. Uh, he got a little banged up. They shut him down. It was an extremely smart move, but there's there no reason to play him if you if you didn't have to uh, after that point. Uh, but it, it was a little little jumble jamble there. Um, Sebo Flemister came in and does what Sebo Flemister does. Uh, and just mm. hard, hard runs, like very plotting. But like once he like leans into a tackler, he's getting those three if not four yards it's, yeah. it's 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 kind of fun to watch the, be- the best oh, but sebo play Chris, was was actually a pass
1: catch where he caught maybe six yard out or whatever and then ran down the left hand sideline and the guy 15, was like gave yeah. him a little chip like he was gonna knock him out of the bounce and sebo just like jumped on the break right. and right. then yeah. kept himself in balance and then started taking on dudes and it was like basically i'm gonna get to the end zone which i was glad that they rewarded him with a with a touchdown on the on the very next play, like gave him the ball or whatever, because he like he literally earned
2: that one, you know. Oh, for sure. Did you know that this was the third highest rushing total Notre Dame's had all year? And you would barely only, only the mean, South it, 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 right you know, only the South Florida game at two eighty one, and the Florida State game at three fifty three, more higher than this two seventy eight that Notre it was the sneakiest two seventy eight. I think I can ever, remember. I feel like we
1: don't talk enough about the design plays for Ian book because they're actually really well run.
0: I mean, they're really just, good. Yeah. But, I know, mean, he, he is an excellent runner to begin with. Like he, he's not the fastest quote. Cor- he's not a brain of Wimbush, but he really knows how to, to get those extra yards. And, and he, more importantly, he doesn't take unnecessary shots. I, I mean, I've been on his ass for two few years about, you know, running out of bounds, uh, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, but he does himself a huge favor by not taking unnecessary shots. He does a really good job of that. I mean, he honestly, he probably could have had a 100-yard game if he didn't slide uh, the times he did. You know what I mean? Because you get, you'll get an extra three or four yards here and there. Uh, but he was very uh, smart about how he runs. He follows his blockers really well. Uh, and I mean, he's and just again, sneaky
1: good. Not, not to beat this dead horse, but Sean McDonough is like you know, three-quarters of the way into his Phil Dracovic got dissed. The, you know narrative or whatever. And he book literally runs up the middle on a, I believe it was a design run and trucks the linebacker and it gets yeah, nary a yeah. mention. You know, yeah. and it was just like he I mentioned like, it. Yeah. I mean he does that's doesn't, my life force he right doesn't there. shy away from contact when it when it when it when, it, when it, he thinks he's got the leverage on it. And he's also smart enough to to get down or slide or somehow avoid the big hit. Like the guy just doesn't get um you know, knocked around, which is great. He
2: he doesn't slide. He does that this thing. I don't know how he avoids getting grievously wounded because <laughs> he does this thing where he like dives forward. It's like a tumble and every yeah. time he. Di- it's like a tumble. Yeah, he's like a like a tumbler, like a 1920s. It's like uh, when when your kids
1: uh, were learning how to do, like, the, the – the what was it? The wee kids or, or whatever, the gymnast class or whatever, and they're, like, teaching them how to tumble, and the, the instructor's hand is, like, underneath their abdomen, so it, like, flips them over or whatever. That's how Ian B. Re- <laughs> book reminds me
2: of it. Yeah, it's just <laughs> every time I, I hold my breath a little bit because it's just, like – you need to slide Ian, but he just does this tumble and you know what? He gets three, you know, two or three extra yards from his sort of, uh, his tumbling routine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was a big day of the ground. Chris Tyree. And that. I mean, they, Tyree, this is the uh, this is the game. Th- these are the amount of carries. you. Yeah, the 17 carries was, a, was a big one. Uh, 74 yards, only average four four 4.4 yards. Uh, Tyree still coming into his own. There's, there's still a little bit of a, I don't know if you even mentioned it on this podcast, but you know we we do in our uh, in our DMs to each other, just uh, still a little bit more Armando Allen, uh, but the shoe top tackle, yeah, that to be able to break some. He, he he's been getting a little better at it, um, but I, I also think that sometimes uh, there there's some runs where they just kind of put him in an impossible situation, and I'm not sure did. So the, well, and then the fumble there, that's docked on him, not book. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that was, that was a big, big thing. And, you know, when I, a- I asked Kelly about the, f- it was the last question and I hated to be a downer, but it, it is a curious thing, you know, and I, I, I was not nervous, but I wanted to make sure I wasn't wording it. Like, you know, like, uh, oh, we never fumbled the ball when ultra Denson was here. What the fuck is going on now? Basically. But I wanted—I didn't know if this seemed like like we seem generally concerned about the fumble situation, right? Like I, Irons I fumbled just, in three of the last
2: four games. He didn't I fumble get that in the Clemson game, but
0: from the, from the fan base and from the rest of the media, we're all a little bit more concerned about Notre Dame's ability to hold to the ball now. So I just you know ask Kelly, you know, how you know concerned are you? Is there anything with this extra week that uh, you're looking to do with that? And it was basically just a not a brush off. But like you know, ah, well this fumble was this and this fumble is that. We look at them individually, and he's and he's absolutely right in that, and you know because not not every play is the same. You know there's there's different things that go with it, but you know just kind of like you know, hey. but on on the Tyree, he did bring up Tyree's fumble, and that was a situation where, uh, you know, true freshman not knowing. Uh, you know, Am I keeping just, or, or going right yeah. right The mesh point on the pole, you know it's just it, it's I guess that's gonna ha- you know that's gonna happen. So unfortunately, it seems like it's happened a lot this year. But that's because we were spoiled for like what three years uh, uh, no. where, I mean where that this, stuff didn't happen.
1: The second one was Kyron needs to switch the ball into the other into the opposite hand to protect to protect that ball and he's he's way out, he's way too out there. And he doesn't sense the person behind him. So he gets it poked out. The Skoranek one. As soon as he one, made that cut, I saw that fumble. The Skoranek one is like he's before, sort of man. like he comes down kind of off balance. And the guy, you know, as like a last desperate, almost trying to like tackle a measure, pops the ball out or whatever. Like, you know, like the, the Jack Kaiser one was like a lucky bounce. But I, I just think about how how insane that would have been to pick off a play and then immediately turn the ball over again you know what I mean? Like people would have been ripping their hair out just because it, 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 I don't know if this just feels like it's always Boston college, but Boston college for some reason has always been good. Whether it's a or, you know, it just, it's a Boston college thing to just like torture Notre Dame with, with turnovers. Um, and it's just, it, it's, it, it's, it's maddening. But at the same time, like I, I felt, and I, I'm thinking you guys felt the same exact way. Like I never felt like this game was in doubt ever. It just the whole thing was like our offense is clicking, it's cruising. The only thing that's stopping our offense is it's just d- d- maddening turnovers. And so yeah, everything once, was fine. What, it, it was like the broadcast. Even when,
0: even when it, it, it really was, like, it was the vibes that the, that that the broadcast was putting out. That was the only downer. Like other than that, like everything else, I I I, just, aces, I will gen- yeah. I, I will I will generally say it was just it was fine. You can lump in all the fumble. Everything was fine, even the 31 points. That's fine, because there's reasons behind <sighs> why they end up scoring at 31 that I'm okay with. I'm okay with it this week on. But I just, I'd never really like everything was fine to me, except for the broadcast, which just kept hammering out a whole bunch of nonsense. That was the only frustrating, frustrating part about the game. Other than that, it was a brief. I mean, they didn't make one mention of Frank Leahy and there's a goddamn trophy named after him for this game. They waited until the end of the third to say anything about Paul Horning uh, passing away. It just, I I don't know. It just, it, it, it was just, dude, it was a fucking terrible broadcast. It was fucking awful. And I don't know if we're just spoiled because from NBC and having so many home home games to start off the season, but this just doesn't, I, this is just a, this was bad. And I'm not a, I'm not a big like ESPN like a conspiracy guy or like that. And I think Madonna's – those broadcasts are normally pretty good. This was just bad. It was bad, and it, it was so bad that it caused a whole feel across the fan base on a game that we were just wiping our ass with them for the most part.
1: Yeah, I just – you go back and you think about it, and you're like, OK, well, the, the Tyree fumble cost you three points you know, and it's, it's a good thing. It didn't cost you seven and thanks on a, Phil on a negative
0: six drive.
1: Yeah. And a, yeah. thanks Phil Dracovic, for, for your help there. Um, you know, uh, what Scott, uh, Kyron Williams fumbles about midfield, uh, Skoranek is, has just gained 26 yards and is in BC territory when he coughs up the ball. Like there's a good, I, I look there. The and you
0: got to count Kyle Hamilton's Dropped, right. up uh, yeah, exactly. so
1: and so you sit, you sit there and you say to yourself look would they've all been touchdowns eh, maybe not but at the same time like there is a potential for 21 more points on the board and three less on on the on the um on Boston College ledger so like i, I just i refuse missed to field be goal. don't forget about a missed field sit, field goal. yeah every, yeah exactly i refuse to sit there and go uh you know 45 31 is just completely unacceptable or whatever and even when they were like hang, even when it was 13 10 and and, you know, and and 10, three or whatever, whatever the scores were that where Boston College was ahead or, or close in 1713. Like I, I just w- there was never a point where I was like, oh, God, this game is slipping away. Like it was, you just, know what? This the, was the offense this was that
0: this was at most from what I can from what I remember. This was at most a 13 and a half point spread. And you won by 14. You just yeah. you won Cover money, you won money. All right. On done. the road on the road, you want money
2: from a crowd. Uh, raucous crowd. I, um, you know what? Fine. I've, I don't think I've ever seen Chapel Hill quite as electric as I did on Saturday. It was, it was about as electric as I've ever seen Chapel Hill. For <laughs> Chapel day Hill? Game.
1: You mean alumni stadium,
2: Chestnut Hill? Yeah. Oh yeah. Chestnut Hill. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh it's, it's, uh the, the home of St. Ignatius uh, parish, uh, Chestnut Hill. Secretary, I spoke, I spelled
0: Chestnut Hill all, all week up until like Friday without the T do not ask me why <laughs> it was just, I, I, I do not know why I just kept spelling it chestnut chestnut no, nobody called me out on it nobody That's and I, finally, I finally noticed it um, just the writing something and then the I, I paid attention to the red squiggly line this time I'm like oh have I been doing this all week have, by the way sure um, enough I had been <laughs> Notre Dame
1: has been doing a great job of making r- Uh, rush offenses look just absolutely non-existent. And and so, you know, defense, you know, despite the whole 31 points, like it deserves a ton of credit for making Boston college, very one dimensional do the 20 plus yard completions concern me for two weeks in a row. Of course they do. But at the same time, like there was besides the, uh, 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 keeper, where he dashed off to the right hand side for maybe like eighteen yards or whatever. Like I can't recall a play that was like, oh wow, they really got fooled on that. And and I was talking to a friend of mine who was play up
0: up the, the gut with Levy, that yeah, the uh, yeah, twenty two yarder. Okay, yeah, twenty two yarder so, in the that, first that quarter. That so that I mean, that was they, 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 all of Notre Dame's. He looked fast they, on that they, one. That, that kind of caught them, that caught them off guard completely because yeah. right. no because there was nobody in the well, area. So Jude, if I, I was just, to ask you how
2: many big plays, so how many plays of more than 21 yards did Boston College have through the air on Saturday?
1: Uh, Three or four?
2: Yeah, it was you, just three plays more than 21 yards. They had a yeah. 34, 40, and 28-yard play. Right. It, it, through the air. It, it seemed like more, but it, it's... That was the thing: is everything about Phil Djokovic and just what was happening in it it was just magnified because anytime something happened, it was it was made a point of of note. But it was also the
1: it was also the third and longs that they kept bailing themselves out of. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't just so much the tw- the twenty plus; it was the getting twelve on the third and eleven. You know what, well, it's what I mean? Fact like,
0: they got the red zone seven times. Yeah. They, they just, were six. Of seven BC was six of seven in the red zone. That's not a nor that's not a normal Notre Dame defensive stat. I mean, no, the red, I the appreciate the alone. four for 11, the
2: four for 11 on third down was nice, but that four for 11, um, you know, was the second highest they've allowed all year, which is the 36%, which just speaks to how dominant this team is on third down. Right.
0: Uh, so how? So the last drive of the game, let me ask you guys this. First of all, that's what now drive. That's four games now, where Notre Dame's took the ball for for a long period of time and just drove it down the field to end it, like like kneeling, like the, how kneeling many they left and
1: first and goal and the
0: whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's a thing. Uh, it's that's one of those things that no one's gonna see in the stat books and stat sheets. But yeah, this I I so I guess in a way I'm like this was a fifty point this was a you know, and one of those touchdowns BC had was yeah, scrubs uh, this was a more like a, a fifty nine, you know, twenty game to me. The I Kyle it, Pick I, and the, yeah, the I mean just there was just so much so much going on. But yeah, I, I've never I, I don't remember a season we're seeing so many games of them just taking the ball and playing keep away. Um, uh, you know, with you know with the other team, like we're just gonna hold on to this until so the game's over. Uh, and I I was shocked that Ian Book was in there. I I can't believe they didn't put uh, Brendan Clark in there. I don't know what that reasoning was. Uh, but again, it's Brian well, Kelly. I mean, it's still a fourteen point game, right? I understand. I understand. But
1: Brendan, he, you what? know, Brendan pulls up Brandon Wimbush and like a la Pittsburgh and. You know, monkeys around, fumbles the ball, and it's a scoop and it. score. Then and then all,
0: just... and on that last drive, you just want to hold on to it. So I yeah. understood after that. it It's all fine. I mean, BC uh, possessed
1: but... the ball in the fourth quarter for two minutes and 11 seconds. This is becoming the Notre Dame thing.
2: Well, when you can you know? run the football the way Notre Dame can, and you have the offensive line that you can, and over the course of a game, you wear people down with your offensive line, yeah, you're going to dominate in the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. And that's what we that's what we were seeing. We were
1: watching BC just get beat up to the point where they just couldn't they couldn't like you know the the legs that you would see in the first and second quarter weren't there for the third and fourth quarter, you know. And that's why I just I guess I was never that concerned that they were going to that they were going to keep this going for four quarters because they just they didn't feel like they had the 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 weapons on the offense to to get it done and and the consistency and and literally when you're all you're doing is your, your quarterback has to throw 40 attempt, 40 passes a game because you have no running rushing attack. Like you're going to get some plays where they go for 21 yards, yeah. but you're also going to get a lot of stuff that is just like garbage. And there was, so there was a lot of garbage.
2: So here's, here's something I think is, is pretty interesting looking at this game and I guess pivoting forward with Notre Dame scoring 45 points in it. Um, Last season, correct me if I'm wrong, was the highest in kind of the modern era of Notre Dame scoring offenses. Is that right? It sounds right. It 36.8 points per game. I think, I think we, we went over this that it It was the highest in kind of the modern era of Notre Dame football. This season, Notre Dame is averaging 37.6 points per game. So they're outpacing last year by
0: a point. With and only one cupcake, I mean, with, with only one non, with one cupcake, right? What one non Power Five school? Yeah. And you're coming
2: into a stretch of games where you're playing, like, let's be honest about North Carolina, just woof defensively. I mean, they just give up points And Wake Forest. I mean, woof, and Syracuse. Who knows? Um, senior Day woes <laughs> offensively. But December fifth too, as
0: well. You know, yeah, I mean. and
2: December fifth. Um, but this this offense and the offense that Tommy Reese is presiding over in his first year as offensive coordinator. I just, I I guess I just want to go on record through eight games through the season and be able to have each of us definitively put a stamp and say home run higher because Tommy Reese, like we're talking about, what this team is doing offensively, running the football. And Jude was saying how much he enjoyed the design runs for Tommy, for Ian book.
0: That's Tommy Reese calling the plays, right? It's a, it's definitely an offense that I enjoy watching more than the chip long offenses. Now the difference is, is that you had more explosive plays with a chip long offense, but you also had more stuffs in a chip Long offense. This one is much more consistent. Um, Sustainable? I, maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe numbers won't, won't back up uh, what I think I'm seeing, but you know, I mean, like just, just think about the chip, when chip long was at Notre Dame, how many times a running back gets stuffed, uh, play, you know, plays that did nothing. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's a big one. And that was a big thing. I mean, explosive plays, home run plays were big on chip long. I was, he had stated that's a big thing for him. Uh, Tommy Reese has said, has said nothing of the sort. And I think early in the season, you know, there was some frustration from some people because we weren't getting that with all these kind of new wide receivers uh, and and everything like that. But it's just been consistent, like consistently, like putting the ball in the end zone, you know, being good on third down, being good in the red zone, uh, running the ball, uh, like, was it now 265 yards average a game, whatever the hell it is. Uh, it's I enjoy watching this particular brand of football more than what we had seen. Now there are things that I would like to see more of, like I would like more Michael Mayer drags, uh, please. Uh, I, you know, at, I mean, how at the many times? Time, did,
1: how many times do they run that Michael Mayer play where it's like maybe like a four yard out and he just Breaks the first tackle and goes for about 13, you know, well, they versus, run at least like, once
0: a game. Yeah, I like to see it, more of that with, with also with Tommy Trumbull. I love what Tommy Tremble is doing, but I, I, I do find it weird to think that going into this season, Tommy Tremble, I was like leaning on him as one of our better pass receivers. I like guess somebody who could be productive. Question mark, question mark. Yeah. Somebody who could be, and we're just like, we're do, like, he's, he is the fullback now. Now I love what Tommy brings to the table out there for absolutely 100%. My wife asked me this morning what my favorite position was. And I said, fullback and she was not (laughs) talking about football, obviously because I got a really (laughs) dirty look. Um, but I, I had Tommy tremble on my mind at nine 30 this morning, uh, thinking about, you know, how much I appreciate him being out there on the field. So, I mean, I don't, there's just, there's a lot to like here. Um, and moving forward, it's just it's it's just none of us makes sense, right? Kevin Austin hasn't done anything. We put a heavy lean on him the preseason. Braden Lindsay hasn't done anything. We put a heavy lean on him. It's been all Javon McKinley, Avery Davis, Benny Sko, uh, and then Michael Mayer, which I mean a lot of people thought highly of him, but I'm still very skeptical of true freshman and true freshman tight end at that. Uh To put in a whole lot of work, it's just been pretty. It's been they had a. It's the hot. It's the hot girl. Listen, it's the girl that you notice in college that's like kind of cute, but she never. But she's not like she's not one of the hot girls. But then you see her at you know like a you know you see her out and about a few years after you get out of college, Uh, you know maybe it's a happy hour or whatever, and she's just smoking. Because she is so pro hot, that's kind of what's going on There's actually a term for that. It's called the glow up. No, uh, I mean it's it's
1: more than the glow up. It's no, you just the- you just described a glow up to a T right there.
0: Okay, but not in my mind. All right, it's also called <laughs> I, hot girl summer. I, I understand what a glow up is. I have a TikTok account. I know. I'm, I know. I know what's going on there. Uh, I'm just. I'm just saying that's that's what this is. That's just like. Oh, so, so uh, Notre Dame took uh, their they took their
2: glasses off and took out their ponytail is what you're telling me is happening here.
0: Are right. you saying this is the she's all that offense? I think this is the she's all that offense. And
2: I, I think mean, that you mean uh, that Freddie Prince just she's, she's the man. Team?
0: No, <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> this definitely I, think, the... I think you mean she's the man, not
0: she's all that, right? No, I definitely think she's all that. Oh really? Yeah, with Freddie Prince. Because she's the man who was Prince Amanda Hughes.
1: Bynes pretending to be a boy, playing
0: a, and, a soccer player boy.
1: Right. And then oh, turns out she's she's, she's all that. Girl. She had
2: she's all that had um Rachel A. Cook and she Rachel had classmate. Yeah. yeah. And then she took him off and Freddie Prince. Freddie Prince was like, "I'm gonna make her the 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 cutie," and it worked. No way! No okay. way! How did you? It do had do my that? Se- it was uh it had my second cousin in it. There you
1: go. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Um, so well, I just, that's, I, that's I wanted to say like, there's every time it's like fourth and one or whatever, I'm just like, they should definitely go for it because that line is absolutely built to get, to get at least one yard. Well, and they, and had, they
0: lined up for it a few times. It's they, twice this season. They've lined up on fourth and one or, or fourth and short and against got, Clemson and have gotten a, a penalty, Uh yeah. a false start. Or so that's happened twice now. Um, uh,
1: but, so I, I want to say though that they had a they had a play where it was Tyree coming in motion and I think it was like Kyron Williams in the backfield or whatever and it, the play was just run so beautifully where you you either you, either, you either had to choose between <laughs> Tyree and it was like the guards were pulling it like I don't I think it was guards were pulling both directions like they literally didn't give away the play. And Tyree got, I don't know, four or five yards or whatever on a fourth and one or whatever. But it was like they chucked the it ball to him nice and, then, and then yeah. like fake – and then book like fake the toss to – to I think it was Williams or whatever. And it was just like how do you, how the hell do you defend all of that? You know what I mean? There's just so much going on and the, the guys are like road grading people. It's just
0: – That two-back offense that i like to see more of.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> it was cool.
2: It's just very enjoyable to see – you know, the second best offensive line, according to David Hall, um, show Hale. up against the best one. Yeah, Hale uh, show up against the best one, Boston College is.
1: Look, um, I, I got a bone to pick with David Hale, which is like when people were like, you I think we all have stats yeah. are for nerds or whatever. Like he literally took every single category that made Phil Dracovic look better than Ian Book. And he was like, here's a side by side by comparison. Dude, Phil Dracovic has what? 120 thir- percent uh, of Ian Books throws this year. One hundred and forty percent, like he throws a hell of a lot more. Yes, yeah, so he's racking up yards. Like Phil Jerkovic only threw for nine fewer yards in, in last last week's game. But who do you think had a better game? Like the guy went twenty for twenty-seven for two hundred eighty-three yards. Or the guy went twenty-one for forty for two hundred and seventy-two yeah. yards.
0: Incredible. <laughs> it's incredible! That Boston College's receivers yeah. aren't getting near enough credit for bailing out Phil's shitty ass. Oh yeah, Zay Flowers, Jalen yeah. Gill's Zay Flowers. Hunter long had, had a couple of, I mean, like they're literally bailing him out. I mean, that, that touchdown, that was like, how many look, throws th-
1: he had some real, he had some good throws in that game. Like, he,
0: did, he did, he did, Yeah. but but you, when you throw him 40 times and you're only completing 18 of them, let me tell you about those other 22. Uh, a lot of them did not look pretty. And some of those 18 that he completed were not pretty at all. Those were, you were bailed out by his receiver. Sure. So that's, that's a large percentage of ugliness out there. That is I not mean, a sh- all that The awful.
1: one that went for 40 was like, made me pissed off because I don't know what Sean Crawford's doing on that play. You know what I mean? And it was, it was, it was a, it was a soft 40. Like it just was, it hung. It seemed like it hung forever. You know, it wasn't, it really I helped I pad was a his pick.
2: yards oh. in the air stat though. Yeah. Um, so when David Hale comes back with his yards in the air stat, uh, to salvage this book, Jerkovic, Jerkovic, uh, comparison. Those I mean, guys thought, in the air are really going to get bailed out there.
0: Dude, I thought you were going to come, at, I thought you guys were going to come, at, oh, I guess you did, Brennan. You were coming at David Hale about the uh, offensive line. Uh, yeah, because that's what I'm saying. There is no there is, no, there is no better offensive line in the country. No. So, from no, no. right tackle to left tackle than Notre Dame. This is going to be the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. There's just There's no fucking way that it doesn't happen. And I don't know. So let's there's not a
2: defensive there's not a defense in America that for four quarters, including all teams, there is not a defense in college football this season for four quarters that can hold this Notre Dame defensive line down. You couldn't say that about the 2017 Joe Moore Award winning team because we watched Georgia do it right you couldn't say this right. about the 2018 team you couldn't say it about the 2000 you couldn't say it about last year's team cuz we watched it in Georgia again this team can run on anybody and if they can't they're going to allow their quarterback to have the time necessary in order to let Avery Davis and Javon McKinley and Michael Mayer get open for all of their shortcomings as far as, I don't know if you want to talk about talent discrepancy at the receiver position that hasn't played but out are, the last, but they
0: are coming four four on weeks, though.
2: I'll tell you that. that is, yeah. The last four weeks, is, they, uh, they
0: are, they are improving. This is, and it's a it, number one, it is not common to see a true senior and a fifth year senior. And I'm talking of, of Avery Davis and Javon McKinley to come on like that. in there's these final moments of their, in the twilight of their career, Avery Davis has a decent excuse because he's been used in every position known to man uh, since he got in South Bend. Javon McKinley it's just took it forever, but he has become extremely real. I mean, it, he is a genuine threat in the sense that he's there, yeah. throwing the ball. You you're expecting more out of him now, uh, which is a great thing. Expectations are are good, you know, right now. Avery Davis, what he had, 99 yards on three touches because he had that carry for 29 yards. Yeah, it, it's just you need guys to speed. Brayden Lindsey's out. Kevin Austin's out. Who has pure speed uh, on this offense? Chris Tyree, Avery Davis. Well, you got to. I mean, what? I know Greg's gonna love this. Avery Davis is out there running 25 miles an hour. You got to yeah. find find a way to get him the ball. So. It's, it's been pretty spectacular to see these guys late in their careers really come on. It uh, and, and it's been a gradual thing this season. It just didn't like explode game one and, and continue. It's been like everyone's doubted it, and then all of a sudden, oh, you know, I, the I think the Clemson game turned everybody around as it should. Uh, I but, think well, you know, it was the it was, a, it was a, game this, this, turned This was a nice around. response to that. I think maybe the Louisville game
2: turned everyone around. That's the clunker that kind of woke everybody up. So, for the most part, Notre Dame was going through the motions before that Louisville game, just relying on the running game. Ian Book was kind of doing what Ian Book had did last year. Well, and I still then. Think they
0: were trying to find themselves. I mean, well, yeah, just, well, yeah, yeah. Really yeah I agree with that. to find what they were doing because, because, again, the guys that we expected to be out there catching the football are the guys that Notre Dame expected to be out there catching the football. Yeah. That makes a huge difference. This isn't like revolving an offense around Javar Armstrong in 2019 and him <laughs> going out <laughs> in three plays. Yeah. You still have Chase Claypool. Uh you know, it, there's a there's a giant difference there. Cole uh, from but, Matt, too, right? Right, right. Well, yeah. So But, but I mean if you this look is, at this, it, they 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 were trying to get a feel of what's this guy gonna do out there. Even Benny Sko, I mean, they had him for one unpadded practice in the spring before, before fall. I mean, they just, they, you had a good idea and you had a lot of film on him from Northwestern. Uh, but then, you know, then he gets hurt too, you know? So it's the first uh, drive of the Duke game. Yeah. So you really try to find your pieces here and it's, and I I wouldn't say in a normal, in a normal season, Notre Dame's schedule is pretty front loaded, but for like other teams in the country, on a normal season, your first few games of the season are, are your cupcakes, and you could find yourself that way. Notre Dame doesn't get that. Uh, and so to see them coming on, especially the biggest game of the year against Clemson, and then be able to continue that now, now moving forward with North, North Carolina coming up, Syracuse, Wake Forest, you know what you have in place. There's no thinking like, what if we had Braden Lindsey? doesn't matter if we have Braden Lindsey. That's a that's complete... You know, and that's the, I'm not I don't want to knock on him, but that that's complete non-factor right now, absolute non-factor. Don't you really don't need him? It'd be nice to have that speed and uh, that extra that extra uh, person that you know gets Clems, Clemson or we or might get against North Carolina? ACC championship game, yeah, in Charlotte. But you don't need him to finish out the season undefeated. Uh, it set up a good spot for you to get get there. We're gonna take a take a quick break here. We will come back. Uh, we have got some more.
1: Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify.
0: All right. So, Brian Kelly, 100th win at Notre Dame. And that is a milestone. And it is uh, – I'm actually looking at a, in an article in our in our dashboard on the site uh, from Connor who wrote about it. Uh, but it's kind of one of the more quieter – I, would, I guess I would have expected a little more fanfare from the media. I mean, I understand how fans work, but 100 wins is a lot of wins at Notre Dame. Um, it basically, if if Brian Kelly wins out the rest of the season, if he, if he wins the national championship, not only does he have a national championship, but he's also mm-hmm. has more, more wins than any coach in Notre Dame football history. Yeah.
1: How many, uh, how many career wins did Lou Holtz have at uh, Notre Dame? Do you know the answer? It
2: was a hundred, wasn't
1: it? It was a hundred. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They forced him out well, because they didn't want anyone to
0: break Newt Rockney's records. Uh well, it's gonna it's gonna happen. If it happens yeah, this know. year, we're national champions. And if it doesn't, it's gonna happen next year because Brian Kelly's coming back. So, <laughs> I mean, the uh the Brian Kelly phenomena at Notre Dame is is something We've talked about many times. Everybody has. I mean, it's just it's not a normal Notre Dame coach trajectory, right? Like he was there. He was in the champion. He was in the championship game in his third year to do that, you know, third year national championship thing like like Holtz and like uh, era. And, you know, it, it was there. Uh, I didn't happen. I don't believe. I, I think maybe Alabama won that night. Uh, and then you have. didn't uh, happen. Just, then you have what just a. Terrible year in 2016. So it, it's just been a it's been a different go. This is not a normal Notre Dame coach. Uh, I, I'm, ser- I'm searching the word. I can't really find it. But this isn't the normal timeline, normal way of way things go for the great ones. And yet here he is. And by the time Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame, there's going to be whether he wins a national championship or not. I think there's no question that you have to put him in the pantheon of great Notre Dame football coaches.
2: Will you you build him a statue? No. No. no, Unless he wins his title. Okay.
0: Yeah. Title is guaranteed.
1: I mean, it's he's Even if he's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history, you do not build him a statue.
2: If he wins five more games. By the way, I agree with you. I'm just
1: playing devil's advocate here, so.
2: No, I
0: know I no I know we've had the conversation before.
1: Yeah. But I wrote an article in two thousand and sixteen or fifteen that said there will be no Brian Kelly statue in her name. So I'm sticking to that prediction. Well, one but thing, I think you're one wrong
2: because they're gonna raise, they're gonna they're gonna win the title this year.
0: Oh it's awesome.
2: I'm happy yeah. to get a
1: statue yeah, in
0: that case. No, then we'll get it. Then we'll get it. But the you know one thing I've brought this up before, but you know, Weson Martin as critical as they were of Brian Kelly, and they were very critical. <laughs> I was thinking of them today and wondering how they're doing. Yeah, you know, I meant to, te- I meant to text Wes after the Clemson game, but I, it was a little he bit of... Is still rocking his
1: Navy hoodie, or is that gone now?
0: I haven't talked to him about a month. Okay. Uh, but he was pretty happy. Uh, things are going Things are going well in his life. Uh, so, And he's coaching uh, football in Fort Wayne right now. Uh, but anyways, one of the things that they brought up was that because of the things Brian Kelly has done in Notre Dame, they, you know, no statue, but there should be a, a tasteful, uh, display somehow. some uh, in the, in the Joyce, like there, there needs like a Brian <laughs> Kelly wing. Oh, Something needs to be done because
1: is this, is the Sunbowl tr- trophy there
0: too, or? Oh, be, that's, that's the first one. You beat Miami on that one. That's got, but I mean, the, the man did this in an era like you have to admit it is harder now to win a national championship, not just at Notre Dame, but anywhere than ever before. It is, much, especially with the college football playoff, because there's so much you have to do with the. It's not one game. You have to go win the two games to do it. It's, it's one game harder. Uh, but it's just, it is so difficult uh, nowadays uh, to win. And Brian Kelly has this team rolling. I mean, since the 2016 season, Notre Dame just keeps pumping out these really good seasons. They're in the hunt and they, you know, they had some clunkers. They lost badly in some big games, but you know, that shit's going to happen. It just, it's unfortunate that it has, you know, that it just seemed to always be the case that you're this good. And then, you know, then you falter, uh, this year, he, he might smash it all. I mean, they're they're really in a good position. Yeah. But Brian, but hundred hundred wins at Notre Dame. What Brian Kelly has done with his football program, modernize it. Brendan, you and I talked about uh, just the the demons that he's been able to to cut out of this program. Uh, it's all it's all lined up. So whether he whether he wins a national title or not in the time remaining at Notre Dame. Something needs to be done because he's gonna A have the most wins in Under Dame history, one way or the other. And he had brought this program back really from the brink. I mean, from pure embarrassment, uh, you know, during the Weiss era. I mean, that that's that's a big deal to me. Like I Brian Kelly will I will be endeared to my heart. Maybe I'll get a tattoo. Maybe I'll get a Brian Kelly tattoo. Uh uh, you know, when he re- retires, I don't know, but he, he does, he, you know, if they, don't, if they don't even have to put up a statue of Brian Kelly, maybe I get a Brian Kelly tattoo.
2: Maybe they can name one of the concession stands after him. Cause, cause he does, <laughs> he's like John Constantine, right? He's a hellblazer. <laughs> he's out there slaying demons and there's only one demon. If we're going to be honest, cause I, I, I think the whole major bowl win thing is kind of overblown. Um, Because what even is that anymore? It's not 1996. There's not a bull alliance um, that that we have to contend with. And there's not even really a BCS system where it's... No. There is one demon left to slay for Notre Dame as a program. And it's a demon that's hung out there since 1988. 1993. Since 1993. Um, Can... Uh two, Some people might even say two thousand twelve. Maybe he already slayed it. Uh, but No, <laughs> the <laughs> Coley
0: Index would.
2: The uh, Coley Index owns <laughs> that. Yeah, but that—that's the last one. And if this is probably, I don't. No, it's not probably. This is the team that I think that Brian Kelly has the best shot of slaying that final demon for. So, can he get it done? And and. It's a lot of it's going to come down to can they continue to to focus going into the stretch? I think this bye week probably is going to be pretty big um, for this team because they they did show that they had the mental resolve to get through the Boston College game. Let's be honest. Let got let down games happen. Ninety three, nonwithstanding, you see it happen across America with these big games, teams playing big games. And then the the let down game, that's a real thing. And this team got down early on the road for whatever that's worth now. But on the road, they got down early and they came back and beat a team by two touchdowns. And they were winning by three touchdowns with four minutes to go in the game, five minutes to go in the game. This team's really good. So, what do they work on in this bye week? I think that there's some, I think defensively, uh, they need to figure out what the hell is going on with the cornerback position. Because you have one cornerback who, on Saturday, McLeod looked like he was lost. Your other starting cornerback played, what, six snaps against Clemson before you end up pulling him for true in freshmen. the biggest game of the season for a true freshman, Clarence Lewis? So your two starting cornerbacks in back-to-back games that you're going to need going into the stretch because um, if you want to win a title, you're going to have to play Trevor Lawrence and you're going to have to play Mac Jones and you might have to play Justin Fields. You're going to have to play the the cream of the crop at the quarterback position and your quarterback has proven that he's willing to get into and win a shootout. So can your cornerbacks stand up to it? So I think this week's going to be big for Clark Lee to get those guys and Mike Mickens, uh, Terry Joseph, Terry Joseph,
0: Safety help is, just, is, is equally important in that whole. I mean, Sean, uh, scenario Crawford, with the, Sean
2: Crawford didn't have a great week weekend, did he? No. I mean, I don't think Sean uh, Crawford it, had a great game.
0: No, I, it, it, it wasn't terrible. Mean, it wasn't a bad game. It wasn't no? a bad game for Sean Crawford. I mean, let's let's make sure that no, 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 know, no, we give credit where the credit is due. Look, Sean Crawford had nine tackles. He had, yeah, he had a sack. He had a sack. He had one and a half tackles for game. loss all together. Yeah, I mean, it was a which was a gorgeous one, by the oh, way. Beautiful. Uh, But you know it wasn't a terrible game. There was a couple of moments in the passing game and one that Judas talked about uh, already that stood out like a store of thumb. I mean it it stood out like a like a fucking red baron pizza in your (laughs) freezer when you have like eight home run in pizzas. Like that doesn't belong here. So I and look, Sean Crawford's played he has not. I can't say he's played a ton of football, but the man has a doctorate, right? I mean, he's been he's been doing this for a long time. He knows the game of football. I think just a film session, and uh, I I think that he can definitely fix what he's got going on. Um, and you know, maybe it's a case of this isn't exactly this isn't Sean Crawford's position. We didn't expect Sean Crawford to be a strong safety going to season, did we? He didn't either. Yeah, he didn't either. I thought he was going to play nickel. Uh, but I'll tell you what, watching Houston Griffith out there, I'm sure glad we have Sh- Sean Crawford. Um, yeah, me too. And so – Watching you know, Isaiah they,
2: Pryor out there too uh, who didn't have uh,
0: – They got Pryor all messed up too because, I mean, they got him playing Rover. They got him out there at yeah. safety. He's not exactly sure what he's – probably what he's doing because he's, he's the Avery Davis of the – he's the he's Avery Davis light right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, and he's only in been what one, one year. Yeah, not so, even. Yeah. So yeah, the the quarter situation. I mean, the fact that Tariq Bracy did. I mean, He's
2: got his head straight. That's that's traits, right? This is when Brian Kelly says traits. This is a traits thing, or is this not a traits thing? What's a traits I thing? I mean, because this is. I mean, a, I mean, tra- a, tra- a, a traits a
0: traits thing. A traits thing is getting a C minus in your exam. I don't know, maybe not C minus C- is C- all right. Maybe a D plus is the trait. I don't know. Uh, traits are generally like. Uh, behavior. like this is getting in trouble with uh, the rector. Knowing the playbook uh, to I think might be Jordan. Johnson's yeah. thing. Right. It was glad. I'm glad to see Jordan Johnson out in the field uh, Saturday. Even if it was just a wee bit. It's nice to know. Uh, look, no, Brian Kelly plays freshman. There's no question. There should be no question about that. Uh, Tyree had 17 but, carries. <laughs> yeah. Yet somehow Brian Kelly doesn't play freshman. Michael yeah. Mayer's been been our best tight end all season. Uh, somehow we don't play freshman. I don't get it. Um, <laughs> but just a dumb, dumb uh, uneducated, uneducated argument uh, to say. But uh, that's what you that, that's what you get.
1: Hey. Cleaning up something from from last week. Um, Jason adamuel was held out of the. The game, uh, he, I think he's the only one that we know of that was held out, and we don't even know the, if that was an injury or a COVID-related thing. But can we now conclusively say that that field storming was not a super spreader event that the uh, the Twitter pundit
2: tree made it well, out to be? Sorry, well, not, Pat Forty. Well, Pat Forty wrote well, quite a few comments about that being a super spreader.
0: Number one, Jason Abbiola has a torn something or other. Okay, he has a meniscus so that's not injury. that's
1: not even COVID related then.
2: Okay, yeah, no, it was. So it was that
0: menistic. would
1: mean
2: that no players uh, right. acquired from Pat Forty wrote like fourteen hundred words about it being a super Listen, spreader event. Any,
0: any any chance that cocksucker can get to trash Notre Dame, he's He'll gonna take, take it. it. He'll take it. Does he? He didn't have to believe in it. He's gonna take it. Now look, I the first thing I thought of when the when they stormed the field was exactly what they were thinking. Like, oh shit. How are you going to stop it? This is great. This is a great win, blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't like I didn't think about it. Like, this may not go (laughs) – this may not work out Uh, once this is all said and done. Uh, And then it did. But, I mean, so I guess – Jude, let me ask you. How much football do you think we got left in the season? Because with numbers rising all over the – I mean, it's the explosion uh, over the last
2: week and a half, two
0: weeks. I couldn't – And then all these cancellations – and postponed games, uh, you know. Last week and the week before, I mean, uh, we still, I mean, we're still fighting to f- to finish a season. I still think.
1: Sure, I absolutely think we're we're not out of it. Um I had a little bit of a wry smile when I saw Clay Halton was discussing today whether or not USC would be um, be able to pull off its game against Utah on Saturday. And basically, you, Clay Halton said, you know, we're looking at all options. We'd love to play any team at any time or whatever. And just sort of (laughs) thinking, there's no way Notre Dame would ever say yes to such an arrangement. I don't think the Pac-12 would allow it. But if I allowed myself to, to my mind mind to wander there for five seconds, it's like, um, you know, how how funny would that be if, you know, just in the spirit of like a Cal-UCLA thing where all of a sudden Notre Dame and USC were getting a game together in like, you know, less than a week or whatever. Um, (laughs) I I get that that makes absolutely zero sense um, from from a Notre Dame perspective, from an ACC perspective, from a from a Pac-12 perspective. So I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not, it would never happen, but I'm just saying, you know, this, this has been so crazy. Um, just the, how people have gotten so creative with the, okay, let's find a dance partner for, for Saturday. Cause my right. team's ready to go and your team was probably ready to go. And, you know, and through no fault That's of their so- own, they've, they've lost a game or whatever. So I think this this whole thing has just been s- just so interesting. Um, I, I think that you you me and everybody else were so critical of the Big Ten for scheduling you know nine games in nine weeks and not thinking that this was going to be a problem, um, and it, it's going to cause so much chaos in terms of like trying to get a barometer on who Ohio State is as a team because right now they've beaten three teams that are just straight out lousy. They're just lousy teams. Awful. And, the and if Wisconsin team. loses
2: another game, they're not even eligible for the Big Ten tournament. Not, not like loses a game, but if they have not even Wisconsin, but if a team Wisconsin plays is ineligible to play against Wisconsin, Wisconsin's ineligible to the play in the Big Ten championship. Which is just yeah.
0: Crazy. And I got and so just to tie this in with the BC game too after after the game when Brian Kelly was if I'm Northwestern uh, in press conference. I just get COVID. I'm a Russian adopt. But but Brian Kelly did a little bit of politicking, uh, yeah. you know, which is funny. Oh, I love that. I love which that. is funny coming at this time of year, and you're the number two team in the country in a playoff, in a 40 playoff. But he did a little bit of politicking, basically saying, "Hey, we've already played a Big Ten schedule, and yep. we've played more than what the Pac-12 is going to play." Uh, and that I mean that that them some fighting words, uh, you know, in a way. I mean those are. That's like saying, hey, uh, whatever disrespect you are about to put on us, whatever, we're doing more than Oregon or Ohio State. Like, so, like, you know, you want to jump Ohio State. Like, they wanted to jump Ohio State over Notre Dame, but what the hell have they done? And how much have they done? Uh, and, you know, you could say eyeball test all day and all that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you still have to have a body of work. So. Sure. Go ahead. I, I have a question. So
2: you asked Jude the question about whether or not they can or can't finish a season. When Notre Dame had, so so let's just take Notre Dame for example. When Notre Dame had their self-contained bubble before the students showed up on campus, how many COVID positive tests did they have? It was like two, so right? Seven?
0: Right. Uh, no, I and thought it, was it two. I thought
1: it was like seven. It was. I think it was two one week, and then I think they had a, yeah. I think they had like three or Some four the next week or whatever. So it, it was, I think it was seven or fewer. So, so,
2: and this is not my original thought. I heard it on Mark Packers, uh, on SiriusXM XM earlier this week, but one reason to be confident that they're going to be able to get the season finished up and closed out is Notre Dame. Just for example, starts finals this week. Students will be off campus. Pretty much from Friday onwards, other than mm. Notre Dame. Notre Dame will once again enter into a assuming, football-only bubble,
1: assuming they can get their COVID tests back in time and they're allowed to leave. Because Notre Dame's not letting any students yes, leave the until, student, they, yeah. until they until they prove that they're COVID-negative. They'll
2: be stuck in in uh, you know COVID purgatory, uh, off-campus form. housing, party. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, shit. but but I mean, so with This all across America, you're going to see colleges starting to let their students out because a lot of people started early and then they were letting them out for Thanksgiving and they're not going to be back on. So after, so from Thanksgiving on, it's pretty much Pub- going to be bubble time. a bubble yeah. time for everybody. And there's three weeks of, of football after, after that because we're going on the fifth, the 12th and then the 19th of Notre Dame, so, you know, Notre Dame makes up. So it, it looks like because Students are the students are the the greatest impediment to uh, r- remaining COVID free. Right? It was Halloween parties that basically toasted the SEC this weekend. Like LSU, I, they were just going crazy having parties, and that's why Alabama didn't play a football game. Um, so maybe that helps because the the general pop of the student body is going to be off campus. Uh, pretty soon here.
1: Um, that's an interesting dig. So
2: yeah, that yeah, well, that, 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 mean, that's something to keep an eye on.
1: It, it, but it's, 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 mean, it's it, the the one thing that you kind of alluded to, it, and it has to be mentioned here is Notre Dame only controls fifty percent of every game equation, right? right? right. And so you know they they they, they screwed. Uh, well, uh, I'm sorry, it was Forest, it Tech or Wake Forest? Wake Forest out Florida. of a game. Um, well, and so still scheduled. So, uh, no, we're still I mean, full- for now
0: for now. Right. right. Exactly. So we could be talking about a nine and no Notre Dame team right now. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and it's hard, you know, look, you, I, I thought about that too. I like, I wonder if Notre Dame had played Wake Forest, do they still beat Clemson? I, I know that seems like a stupid and funny thing, but like it's the butterfly effect, right? Like every little thing could cho- cause. Well, sure. Cause ma- it's one more chance to get a difference. major injury, right? Or maybe, or maybe they blow Clemson out. I, you know, I don't know. Right. Uh, Wake put, Forest, uh, by the way,
2: is out uh, after Thanksgiving, so Notre Dame's going to have – the Wake Forest won't have students on campus the week of the Notre Dame game, um, so that's another, that's another school. I guess Syracuse would be one, but Notre Dame at this point, if they get in at least two out of the three remaining regular season games, they'll be able to cash that check and head on to an ACC title game against Clemson, so sure. – Odds are Notre Dame is if they can get two out of the three, which presumably they should be able to, they're going to be able to finish out their season. And, you know, I, I, I think Alabama at this point is pretty much locked in their ticket to the sec title game and Florida's locked in their ticket to the sec title game. So at least you got a dance partner in the sec and you got a dance partner in the ACC and for whatever reason, the the, the the powers in the Pac-12, or not the Pac-12, the Big 12, have done a pretty good job as far as your Oklahoma's and your Oklahoma State's at this point. Right. Uh, don't discount
0: Texas, the uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Do not or the, discount. Or, or, um, or the
2: BYU. Uh, yeah, Cougars.
0: don't do discount
2: go, two of the best quarterbacks I'd, in the nation right now. I tweeted out earlier today. There's, oh.
0: there's only three 8-0 teams in the country. And Notre Dame, BYU, Liberty.
2: Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently your, good year to be religious. Your
0: future South Carolina coach uh Hugh Freeze Liberty. Now, now Coastal Carolina is seven and zero, oh, uh but not but they are secular. <laughs> <laughs> Very secular. Uh let's see what else we got here. Did you did you guys see the uh the dope ass uh coffee table they made out of the uh the Frank Lahima Warner Bowl trophy? Just just sitting there? No with a power aid? Oh I, and, and doing yeah, a
1: prayer with SIBO?
0: Yeah, well, I gotta wonder because I, I'll go back and look at the picture a little closer. It looked like there was some liquid in there, some of that yellow uh I guess a lemon lime flavor. So Brennan, Brennan and I had, had talked about like the, the drinkability out of this versus the legends, where it's much oh, more easier it, to drink legends than a legend. is
1: easier, it's like a chalice. Yeah,
0: right. that's perfect. Well, it's it's a smooth edge. This one's very shark teethy. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a whole base. But I, swear, I, I swear I saw I'm going to have to go back and like fully examine the photo. Uh, but it's just kind of funny. Both those trophies are sitting down. Well, I guess
1: we'll find out when Icon finally comes out around Wednesday evening. You know, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I seriously, I am on this, the edge. Those, of my, those icons sh- are great. But why does it take like three fucking days to get out? Like it just, that doesn't make any sense to me.
0: You see the, pr- the production value they got going into those.
1: Okay. I fine. But do you understand the timeliness of like, when you beat Clemson, you can't wait four days
0: to, to actually hype it out. They are not in the blog business, dude. They don't quite, quite understand and,
1: timing. And you know, to be honest with you, good, good thing for all of us, right? Because they could be eating our
0: lunch. <laughs> if they, well, I, they, by the, the way, way, Josh, By the way, Josh. I zoomed in like, uh, like we have. I well, put that. You're Frank right. Leahy They're not going to write about Brennan
1: Clark's mullet. You got us. The, you absolutely got us there. So
0: I'm talking about we'll, the aliens. that They have, that the, Russians <laughs> have hit, <laughs> the Russian aliens. Play. That is that is the like the number one thing right what now. What was underground?
2: <laughs> yeah. Those Wait, things. Josh, I put that Frank Leahy trophy in Photoshop and I adjusted the uh, the hue in order to isolate the if there were liquid contents within that chalice. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Oh, that, that there f- was. Yeah, there is. Oh, wow. There is one. There is one okay. hundred percent. There is that power.
1: Do you aid. have, a, do you have so, a breaking news uh,
2: alert sound? Because I think we just broke some news here on the OFD podcast. Dun,
0: dun, 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 dun. <laughs> no, I, I, right
2: now I'm isolating it so we can. Um, I'm going to to put uh, put something together here for the the pod uh, the, the, the pod, pod image. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is going to be. Um, isolated that chalice uh, being fully uh, uh, filled with Powerade. I I don't know about the choice of selecting Powerade for it. Um,
0: it just but looks like it, well, it just looks
1: like P. It looks like uh, P. The, 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 the Brand synergy, color. man.
0: Yeah, the the golden chalice. I I you know I don't know. Um, R. Kelly approves. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> a that
2: was awful that was awful uh, i'm sorry but uh, it had to be done
0: uh I, someone else probably approves and we will not go there um all right jude let's let's top this bad boy off what, what are some final thoughts here going into the going into this bye week what's uh what do you got
1: um I just want to say that uh, I've been having a lot of fun watching the football game. The, uh, you know, the minor irritation of the, fil- the endless Phil Dracovic coverage aside, um, I-, I just, there's been no reason to, to be down during a Notre Dame football game this year. I'm having a blast. My favorite football team is eight. No, um, every week I get to sit down and watch them win. It's going to be kind of sad on Saturday when I'm watching other teams and I have no vested interests. And, you know, I don't get to watch my team win, but, um, you know, I'm looking forward to that, to that, to that North Carolina game, because I think there's a real chance you can put up 60 points and give up maybe 40 and, uh, I'll be betting the over on whatever, whatever they come out with for the, uh, for the Notre Dame North Carolina game. I'll be, I'll be taking the over and uh, watch it be like a 20 to 17 game or something, but, um, cause a hurricane creeps up or something. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who could, who could really. Say, I just, um, I guess I'm, if I'm, if I'm I'm finding one thing to be kind of offended by it's the presumption by some other sites that if Notre Dame is to replay Clemson, that they will absolutely lose Lose, and and, and talking about scenarios in which a one loss Notre Dame should or should not be invited to the playoff. Um, I feel like Notre Dame has proven for eight consecutive weeks that they belong uh, on the field with anybody. And I, I'm not calling for Bama and I'm not calling for Ohio state, but I, at the same time, I don't believe this is going to be a 42, 14 type deal or whatever. I, I feel like they are putting on it. They putting a, a product on the field that would be competitive with, with any of the top five teams.
2: Give me Bama.
0: Yeah. Th- whatever. Bring them. I'll,
2: yeah. Give we, Bama. Where do I
0: sign up? Where do I sign we up? We want Bama. I'll say we it. Do. We want Bama. <laughs> we want them. Yeah. Brendan, what, uh, what do you got left in the tank for tonight?
2: Um, so I guess I found out that, uh, my best buddy, he allowed his sons to pick their own college football team this season. Uh, they, they were, um, they're Michigan fans and, uh, his sons, Jack and Carter, um, they picked Notre Dame football. Uh, his mom, uh, Max's mom actually went to, went to Notre Dame. So there was a connection there, but he grew up, you know, living fifteen, you know, 15 minutes on foot from the stadium, basically right down the road off seventh, uh, off, uh, seventh street in, in Ann Arbor. And he let his sons pick their own team and they picked Michigan and he, he approved of it. And I found out today that there are listeners of the OFD podcast, uh, converts from the Michigan, uh, community, the same Michigan how, team.
0: That, how old are these kids?
2: Uh, Ten and six, I believe. And they're listening sorry to this the podcast. Oh and my god! They, I'm they sorry. listen to it, um, but yeah. So rather than having <laughs> to suffer through watching Michigan give up twenty eight points in the first half and scoring zero points in the first half for the second consecutive year against Wisconsin, uh, they have uh, they've they've jumped on the Notre Dame the Notre Dame train and uh, they. He let his uh, he let his kids pick a new NFL team uh, rather than, you know, he's a good father, right? I mean, what kind of a father allows his children to not suffer having to be a Lions fan or a Michigan fan and allows his children to make their own decisions? They pick the Packers and they've picked Notre Dame, uh, which, Josh, that that sounds yeah, very near that, and dear to your heart. Right
0: my, alley. Uh, my son is breaking my heart because he's trying to break away from the Tigers. and oh, go Yankee Yankee. Oh, that's yeah. gross. uh all, all mm. because of the all because of the fucking sandlot uh no. ah, God damn it such a, such a like i'm going to be in misery for for the foreseeable future in baseball uh the, i mean, can well what age can you punch your kid just at a pure like <sighs> jealous anger where it's not. <laughs> I think legal. when they
2: can beat you, I think when they can beat you one-on-one in basketball, then okay. that is well, the Ryan, point at which you can, uh,
0: Ryan may never get to there. Now, to, to, now, now Dylan, Ryan may never get there. Now Dylan's a different story. Uh, I'm already afraid of when he turns like 11, uh, what he's going to do to me. Uh, so <laughs> 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 what he did to me this weekend, son of a bitch, <laughs> man, you want to talk about macho man, for a kid who's never watched a moment of professional wrestling, he's got it. He has got it full on. So, well, that's good. I was going to, I was going to bring up Michigan at some point tonight. And I, and, uh, it was never quite the right time, but LOL to the fullest. And they, it's like, it's even doubly awesome. Uh, because fucking Penn state, I fucking hate Penn state. Oh, and four, uh, Oh and four, how, how magnificent, how, beautifully i mean i don't know because does, does iu uh can iu take out ohio
2: state that changes the land that's i think the thing i'm i don't think so because iu was kind of lucky to beat penn state but uh that's the game i'm definitely most
0: locked in for that this 20, weekend was that a 24 0 on uh, michigan state for the yeah. brass What one of my all-time the- favorite trophies it was the first college football game i've ever seen in my life live uh the, the battle for the bat brass platoon, Indiana took that out 24 nothing this weekend. That was fantastic.
2: And Michigan lost to this Michigan state team, which the last two weeks doesn't look like their division. One is just, and they lost the to Rutgers too, uh, yeah. sandwiched in between them. It's just, Oh God, I can't get enough. I can't get enough. God bless college football.
0: Uh, do you we know, that in Minnesota? I mean, the whole big 10 is just comical. Uh, PJ Fleck, uh, not, not, not a whole lot from the P.J. Fluck uh, fanboys, uh, this year, uh, right. No, so. sh-
2: certainly not. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite touchdown that they scored this weekend?
1: Hmm. Tough one. <laughs> Real tough. Uh,
2: no, I don't have a favorite. <laughs> you don't, you, you don't, you don't have a, a favorite, a favorite touchdown that they, they scored, uh, over over the weekend, I mean, maybe the one, just the one. It was like at your the, favorite yard against Michigan in the first <laughs> quarter that the
0: they one, garnered the,
2: against Wisconsin.
1: The, 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 okay, the one at the end. Okay, that's my favorite. I just, I'm
0: gonna go for it and go for it.
2: Yeah, it was wow. Gotta love it. They score
0: with 14 seconds left. It's great. It was great. Uh, Northwestern fighting it out in the West.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's officially become my favorite part of the season where uh Matt Campbell's name is uh, needlessly inserted into speculation about
2: uh, either o- job openings or potential job openings. Uh Whoa, what it, you if he became the coach at Michigan cuz Michigan might be in the hunt for Well, Toledo think,
0: Toledo's Campbell too. He's yeah. uh, been talked about to uh p- as a potential replacement for Harbaugh should they go that route. Oh, Jason Campbell? Yeah.
2: Lito just loves hiring Campbells, huh? I was gonna say there's a,
1: a- a regular Campbell party,
0: yeah, it might be it's just
2: yeah so they this is re- even though there's no about <laughs> no Campbell, Campbell though
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah the uh, ten uh. year old don't ask your dad to explain that joke <laughs> <laughs> it's there, which by the way, uh, what was that Wednesday night this week? Yeah, Wednesday night, Eastern and uh, Toledo. and action. action. Like, you know, e- well, by the e- way, if you guys Eastern have, to, have action, to
2: get action. I'm going to have delight. to get my
1: picks early on tally site so you can all follow me for uh, the, the winners. Apparently, I'm very good at this. Humble I,
0: I don't get any of mine in until Friday night, which is a problem because we, we got to
2: see. Money. You just picked BYU to cover the spread, and they do regardless.
0: <laughs> so our situation coming up. With uh, Notre Dame playing on Black Friday, uh, so just a re- another reminder to everybody, to people out there, if you didn't know or or if you forgot, their next game is on a Friday. <laughs> okay, like, just, maybe a Black Friday. Uh, maybe I'm sorry, African American Friday. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's yeah. going it's going to be a. Uh, it, it, what did we say at the beginning of the season? What was my one worry? It was North Carolina because of the Friday game? It's a, when's the last time Notre Dame played on a non-Saturday? I, I, I guess it was uh, well Monday. Late. Yeah, Monday. Yeah, Day. yeah, Monday. Like, well, like we we that started was, go, it was Vanderbilt. And what year was that? And on a Thursday. 90s. They played on a.
2: They played on a Sunday against. They played a Sunday too, right? Against yeah, um, Texas. Texas. That went
0: Oh, great. that's right. That's right. Okay. It's just, it's just a, it's a quirkier thing. This isn't like, you know, normal, like, it's nice that they
2: have it after a buy though. And it's also nice that it's a road game. So Thanksgiving day
1: against air force in
2: 1973. Right. You got that program, right? Jude. (laughs) I do. You're laughing because it's true. (laughs) It's true.
1: (laughs) You know, my birthday's coming up. So if you guys want to buy me the, the Rudy program currently up for sale on eBay, uh, Send it to my house. I'm just saying.
2: What's the Rudy program run you now?
1: Well, the one with the RIP covers down at 1250. But uh, if you want an intact one, it's I think the last bid was like 57. It was a little too rich for my blood. I mean, it's the fucking Rudy game. I understand, but it's it's still just a 1975 program, you know?
2: So yeah, but we're talking the Rudy program. It's
1: Rudy, not, but it's not. It's not like they memorialize Rudy in the program or anything, you know? It just happens to be the program of the game in which he made the sack and they later made it into a movie. I don't
0: know. It's not like it was a, if it was a, pro- it was it a program memorializing game. Rudy, I would burn it. What's that? If it was a program memorializing Rudy, I would fucking burn it. Hmm. There's my hot take of the, of the show. <laughs> the less, the less mentioned of, of a non Sean Aston Rudy, the better. Like we need yeah. a Sean Aston statue. Like maybe like put it down by like off campus, so it's just kind of like randomly somewhere. Oh wow!
1: Actually, just it it just closed out to this afternoon. It ended at one hundred and twenty two fifty. Gross! I would never pay one hundred twenty two fifty for a nineteen seventy five program. I just there's too many of them. That's I don't dumb. even know
0: what. Yeah, I don't even know what the going rate is.
1: I mean, look. You know what's stupid is that the nineteen ninety eight. Uh, Notre Dame, Michigan program goes for a lot of money too, because that was Tom Brady's first start. Right. So oh yeah. People, love, well, people will love overpay that. for that, but there's literally thousands of those. I have, I have three copies myself. I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. <laughs> it just
0: seems, just seems dumb. So. Well, yeah, I mean, not, not to the people that collect those things. People take that shit seriously. Yeah. Jude like, takes that like, seriously? Well, no, I mean like, like even more seriously than Jude, like, like Uber, wait, like, wait, 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 wait. They're not thumbing through everyone uh, looking for for fun stuff. They just want the thing. And they're like, you know, got armed dogs protecting the shit. Uh, but it's not
1: it's not like it's signed by Tom Brady or anything like that. It's just a, I don't know. It's a right. program in which you pl- in which he played a football game. I just I don't know. It just strikes me as weird. So I don't but, know, just, Hey, somebody wants to give me 50 bucks for it. I'd be happy to stick it in the mail for you.
0: So. Anytime I see a room that's full of that stuff, all I can think of, the only thing that goes in my head is the song from uh, silence of the lambs. When he's <laughs> dancing. It's, it's like, Oh, nice room. So I don't think you, I don't think your collection has quite reached that. Uh, I don't know. It's a little <laughs> awkward. It's, it, there's you got, it's, you got a lot
1: there. There's, yeah. There's too much, but you know, I'm having a blast going through like, um, so I was working on the last couple of weeks I've been working on 2008, 2009, 2010. So it's like end of the Weiss era, beginning of the Kelly era, And now I've skipped back to, uh, 19, the end of 1986. And so it's just amazing to see kind of the, some of those parallels between Kelly's first season and, and Lou Holtz's first season and sort of, you know, just sort of fan sentiment. And, you know, of course you got, had the whole Declan Sullivan and Lizzie Seaberg things that happened in 2010. So it's just like, the 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 letters in the fan form are just i mean hot take central it's just you know uh as kelly said get used to it and now people are like wanting to burn the whole place down and it's just it's just amazing it's just amazing so see how far we come and it's actually made me more uh thankful for where we are right now and just reminded me that you know that in 2010 we were kind of as a fan base in a and not a good spot you know just not a good um just not a good feeling and now we're in such a cool place and so if you can't enjoy this then i truly suggest you do something else because this is fun this is a lot of
0: fun yeah and just just so like i, I, I want to make sure this is known because I've, I've been called out uh quite a few times like it doesn't seem like i'm enjoying this season or i'm frustrated with things uh trust me i am enjoying the fuck out of this season this is a good time this is the complete opposite of what 2016 is But that doesn't mean that I stop being me. I'm going to call out bullshit. I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to call out bullshit. Uh, I'm going to uh, go on the attack for people trying to spin narratives that are either dumb, non-existent, or just in the wrong sense. Uh, Like, I don't know, like Samson today talking about Ohio State Notre Dame Rose Bowl. I, are you writing that story right now, too? Like you were writing the Clemson story in August? I mean, that's my fucking Well, point, he's already man. written
2: Clemson 2.0, so you've got to get him the next
0: tip. You know, he goes, he goes back at me with, like, with, you know, oh, I am I have a brain that's capable of thinking about more. No shit. Everybody's does. But the fact that you are a narrative pusher, that's what this is telling me. Like, you're out there, like, searching for the next narrative. Maybe it was just an innocent tweet. Maybe just, he got off the shitter and thought, you know what, this is an interesting <laughs> Thought I'm gonna tweet this out. Maybe that was it. But knowing the way that that people like him work, they there's a narrative there that they're all they're all you know sub writing. They got these little files in their computer like half written articles ready to go. Well, and it's just, like there's there's just so much a- more interesting stuff going on. I guess my point is like he is the king in my in my eyes with with Notre Dame writers. Like that he can write about anything. He's an excellent writer and he has a really good eye and tells a story really well. And there are so many more interesting stories with this Notre Dame football team in this year, 2020 to like start throwing out these uh, stuff like that. It's like, man, there's so much more cooler shit you could do that if you need, I could send it to you. You'll, you'll, you'll write a better story than me, I'm sure. Uh, But I mean, I have a long list of things I would like to do but I am not as good as you at writing that, So maybe do this. Cause I think this shit is interesting. I think there's a ridiculous amount of interesting things going on within the program right now. I mean, uh, just p- to be
1: pivoting off what you're saying, this is, this is the first year in a long time that I haven't been legitimately scared of, of any t- potential team that could be on our, our bowl schedule like I, if if Notre Dame ends up playing Ohio State in whatever bowl, like I look forward to that because we don't have a great track record with Ohio State in bowls, but at the same time, I feel like we could give Ohio State a game, and you know, and and I feel more confident that they can win. So, um, I, I just. Look, I don't look ahead because I just I'm I'm way interested in seeing what happens with with North Carolina or whatever. And I think that there's the thing that I love most about college football is that people lose games that they shouldn't lose. And sometimes it happens to your own team. And I don't love that part. But I love the part where Johnny Manziel comes out of nowhere to beat Alabama or or Chad Kelly or, you know what I mean? Like just how crazy some stuff has gotten in, in you know, kick six or late in the season. I, I can only remember apparently losses against Alabama, but, or losses for <laughs> Alabama, but I just like, you know, it, you just, you know, and sometimes no, Michigan looks like a great team and then Ohio state puts 62 on them. You know what I mean? Like it just, it is, or Purdue puts a 49 on Ohio state. Like it's just, that's what makes the whole thing fun. So you're, I just savor week after week. And if it turns out that it's Ohio State and Notre Dame and the Rose Bowl, hey, that's fun. I, I'll definitely be watching that. If it's January 1st or December 31st or whatever day they put that on, I'll be front and center. And I'll feel good about our team's chances uh, in a way that I didn't feel good in 2015
2: or, or 2006. I had no idea Fisher. you had a shrine to Dr. Bo. I had no idea you <laughs> love Dr. Bo. All I, I do love Dr. Bo. I think I said Chad I
1: Kelly, but it was Bo Wallace, wasn't it? It was, Bo Bo Wallace, was Yeah, it was both of them, though, right? Didn't Chad yeah, Kelly yeah. beat him too? No, Chad no, kelly, kelly swag. Was yeah, swag, yeah, swag Kelly,
0: yeah, yeah. No, it's a, yeah. it's all good. I haven't. This is, yeah, especially in what we do. Uh, <laughs> this is a, this is a fantastic season. I don't have to write a loss. I don't have to deal with people having these wide-reaching, nonsensical ideas about where the program's at after a lot, that's the most annoying thing about Notre Dame football is that after any loss, whether it's an upset or in a big game, all of a sudden that loss means that we need to re-examine everything down to uh, what vegetable they're serving, you know, at lunch. <laughs> I mean, that that's what, it, that's what happens. Uh, and it's, it's nice not to have to fucking deal with any of that nonsense. All I'm saying is that there are certain things going on out there I'm just gonna call out, and I, I don't mean any ill will towards anybody. If you know, if I'm if I'm arguing with you, that's not how life works. You just disagree. It's fine. Uh, but, anyways, I'm having a great fucking time, y'all. If you're worried about me, don't worry about me. I'm. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm uh, about you. I'm, I'm I'm swinging, man. I'm 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 doing my thing, doing doing it all.
1: So, are we gonna all come right. back and talk to the to the OFD fandom before uh, Thanksgiving?
0: Yes. Should we do, should, yeah, should we do, should we do a mailbag? Um, yeah, we can do that. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So if if you're still with us and you haven't turned it off yet, uh, send a, we'll do a mailbag, send questions to, uh, how how we want to do this. We want to do, send an email. My email is usually pretty clogged. Okay. Yeah. Subway Domer 26 at gmail.com is my email. Go ahead. You can send your questions there. Uh, you can tweet at us with, yeah. we'll put a thread uh, up right the, uh, on the website. Just, yep. Just, just, just tag us at one foot down. I will, I will make a fan post, uh, uh, thread up on one foot down for, uh, for questions for, you know, so, so readers get it. You got ways. If, if you want to drop a question in the reviews, you haven't enough review yet. You can drop a question in the reviews cause we'll, we mostly answer questions and reviews uh, when they come our way. I mean, we read them. We're going to answer the questions asked. And the uh, answer. I, hey, the hey, hey, by the way, D- Dave, Dave from Michigan. He's on the site. Now. <laughs> I got, I, yeah, he got it. Yeah. Yeah. He jumped on the site and said, Hey, I did the thing. I signed up, but I'm, I'm going to comment here. So welcome, thank Dave. you, Dave. Thank you, Dave from Michigan. I appreciate that. Uh, and everybody was welcoming. do let them know. Hey, welcome to the site. So, yeah, let's do a mailbag. Get my questions. Ladies and gentlemen, out. we got him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. All right. Well, that's it. That's it. We're we will we'll have a podcast coming up with a mailbag. Ask us anything. I mean, it lets legitimately anything goes. It it's a Yeah. It, it's gonna be a uh, one of those uh one of those podcasts where who knows what gets said. Um and how much i regret saying it afterwards but uh let's get wild let's get weird uh but right now the wild and weird really ain't notre dame (laughs) these these dudes are eight no uh going to a bye week number two in the country uh and it's all good everyone's feeling good so from me to all you my partners here go irish